0: Clubhouse. Jill, ask them what they think about Supervillain. It sounds better to me.
1: More exciting. Do you prefer saving America? How about saving the world? Nope. It's saving America. This is Paul with Pod Clubhouse.
0: And this is Kat with Shuffle Online.
1: Tonight, we're going to talk about the sixth episode of the second season of Prime Video's The Boys. This one is called The Bloody Doors Off. <laughs> that one came right up when I looked for it. It comes up as two different things. One is obviously there's it, it was a, a boys issue at some point. But second, and most interesting, was that it comes from a line... In an old movie called The Italian Job. Did you ever see either that or the remake, The Italian Job?
0: I saw the remake one.
1: If you had to classify The Italian Job as any kind of movie, what would it be?
0: Like a heist, right? There you
1: go. Exactly. Got it. You got it. Trick question. And why that, why I think that's interesting is that in my notes throughout the, the the different characters here that are involved at Sage Grove, I refer to that op as a heist. So see the connection? See, it's like they knew.
0: Yeah, that one actually is probably the most straightforward that we've had so far, I think.
1: And the, 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 the line is, you were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. I guess they were testing a bomb or something and it, instead of blew up the car. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very boys style. Yeah. <laughs> Something going wildly wrong.
0: Yeah, which is funny though, because I didn't think, until you just said it, I didn't think of this as a heist episode, but now I'm like, oh yeah, it is a very heist. Well, it's a heist in the boys heist <laughs> sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, like you could see it in a couple different ways. Like they were only supposed to break in and figure out Stormfront's interest in the, in the facility, right? And then they wind up all the people escape (laughs) in the place. And then another instance might be Annie. Uh, She didn't mean to kill that guy, you know, Yep. but instead she did.
0: Heist Uh, gone wrong.
1: Heist (laughs) gone wrong, right? The poor Hyundai driver. Oh. So last week you and I boldly, boldly said that this show just eschews, just ignores flashbacks, and then what's the first thing this episode does?
0: Frenchy backstory.
1: Yeah, t- t- <laughs> totally, totally a lot of of flashbacks. They even label them eight years ago, five years ago. What I found really interesting about those was that they showed us the prior relationship that they had as a team and with the Colonel. What do you think about that?
0: I really like that because i think it showed it wasn't necessarily a happier time because obviously billy was he was doing that because he thought becca had died and you know he was just going after homelander but like the rapport that they had like seeing mother's milk um with frenchie and talking about how he was uh gonna marry like he was picking the girl and i guess he had been like a womanizer because he's like no i'm really gonna you know uh be faithful to her or something <laughs> telling frenchie you know that he was gonna propose And then seeing all of them laugh at like when they saw, you know, when Lamp Lighter comes in in the costume and then just like bonding over that. And I don't know, it felt really a little bit like anti-boys though, because it felt like it wasn't as dark. It was like a little bit of a lighter time, like we're just, you know, on on these missions. I really enjoyed it. I think it gives some good insight to why Billy maybe is like the way he is now and all the other characters and like how, uh, especially Frenchie, because I actually had been thinking that we didn't know really who Frenchie is you know like like he he's so passionate and stuff and it's just like and he has sort of these demons and the whole thing with Kimiko and I'm glad that we got answers in this episode to um why he's been acting in that way so to me I thought it was it was interesting that they did a flashback with the perspective of Frenchie.
1: I liked all that same same stuff I liked seeing how you know the colonel wasn't She was she was meeting them in shitty places, obviously, but there still was an air of legitimacy to what they were doing, not in the kind of sense that, uh, you know, senators would know about it, but in in the way that someone in the government does know about it and they're endorsing it and they think it's okay to have these, you know, civilian contractors helping uh manage the soups and in, in a way like i i forgot about it but the whole reason frenchie exists on their team is that he had a talent and still kind of does for figuring out soup's weaknesses and that was his whole deal so seeing that bit of backstory and seeing how the colonel folds in and how they really were a team and not just some assholes that hated the soups but it was it was a real thing at some point it kind of fills out the story in a way for me that I find super interesting. The texture with why Frenchie feels so badly about Lamplighter, how that's tied up with the Colonel, and all that, how that adds up to how he then has been treating Kimiko and the chip on his shoulder, I guess he's had about needing mm-hmm. to save her and all that, that yeah. stuff, how that goes way back. There was nothing she had to do with any of that.
0: It definitely tied up really nicely. Like it, it felt reminiscent of sort of like a network show, how they always tie it very nicely. Um, <laughs> and I thought, I mean, obviously the the creator, Eric Kripke, is comes from that like um like supernatural and timeless and those are network shows but the boys hasn't felt like that in some ways but with the storyline i think it has followed that bit in a way like like it's kind of hiding within like this streaming kind of new show and i guess because it's the boys and it has this like all these um i guess like you know anti-superheroes or whatever Maybe it's like I, I didn't notice it at first and now I'm starting to see that storytelling that just reminds me of that. And and like this one really was like, oh, it tied it up so nicely. We're not going to have to uh, wonder why, you know, there's so many of these things going on, especially with like with Frenchie and stuff. So I thought that was, I don't, did you notice that at all or am I just like crazy? <laughs> um,
1: no, no. I think you're on to something there. I, I still believe and I've mentioned in a past podcast, that I don't know that this is going to be one of those stories where everybody gets all that kind of full character arc stuff that you just described Mm -hmm. but we do need enough of that so that we know that that they're not making this up as they go along
0: (laughs) yeah like like some of the other streaming shows i guess it sometimes it feels hollow and this one is filling out like you mentioned and i think that's because of that storytelling that used to happen with like fillers and things like that and now it just happens more condensed and sometimes it doesn't happen at all but i think the boys is actually happening which i think it's making it better
1: <laughs> yeah well one bad thing that can happen when that when you see a character come around full circle like that is that they become expendable. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, that's it, another sign. <laughs> Bad sign of network television Q. <laughs>
1: yeah, we've already put Frenchie on our list of possible um not season 3 <laughs> material. Well, we got our eye on you, Frenchie. We we hope for the best. But <laughs> yeah, getting this much backstory. My wife Caroline has a theory on reality elimination shows, you know, especially like say Project Runway, especially that one, but any any show like that where say they've been neglecting a certain participant and then all of a sudden the episode comes uh, yeah. and and now you know that they have a one-legged Nana and they've been doing this for them all this time or you know that's just yeah. a sad story then, all, then that episode is the one that they get let go but it works out that way a lot. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I'm curious because I wonder if like now since most people, I guess young people or whoever, you know, who didn't grow up the way we did, like, you know, seeing the network television from week to week and the boys is purposely now after the three doing week to week and you're like kind of forced to wait on it. I feel like when I binge stuff, I don't notice those things as much or there's not as much of those like telltale signs that there were like when I used to watch, you know, like Lost or something else where Mm -hmm. they would introduce character and it's like oh well they're gonna die or um (laughs) it it, kind of like the rules have gone out with the streaming shows to some degree and so this one it it felt kind of nice I think having this this episode with with the backstory but yeah you're right I I I didn't really think about it in terms of like being expendable because I was like oh this is just cool story because it's it, it felt just so different I think from the other episodes but in a good way but yeah that that whole streaming network tv thing I think I've I've been thinking a lot about lately and I think this one is kind of a mix.
1: (laughs) Did you know that The Golden Girls is one of my favorite shows? Oh, I didn't. It is. I could watch reruns of Golden Girls endlessly and just find new stuff to laugh at every time. (laughs) It's a little dated, obviously, but some of the humor is just timeless stuff. And the actresses are all perfect for what they're doing. And I I, I probably watch Golden Girls three or four times a week as like, not like I'm sitting down to watch golden girls kind of thing. It's not like that.
0: (laughs) No, but like a comfort show that you put on in the background. Like I have those. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) So the whole story there with regard to lamplighter and this shared past that they have, it was Frenchie's friend who OD'd and, and made him leave his post. And that's when lamplighter accidentally killed the colonel's kids expecting the colonel to be where the kids were it's it's weird uh for me as like a superhero viewer of since the beginning of superheroes (laughs) to to see Iceman shoot fire (laughs) yes yes
0: i love seeing him though i think it it, was it's it's nice having him back into the superhero world
1: yeah well he's um he, he plays a character that seems to hate himself but he's just not he's not suicidal but he can't stand himself either. He's stuck doing this shit job uh, where he's killing people again, but he's there because I, I'm going to assume that he was taken off the... Well, that's not true. Seven. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a bold assumption on my part because the, the, the whole show starts with them needing to replace him, mm-hmm. but, but that colonel business probably would have happened longer ago than that. It happened five years ago right
0: yeah i mean it was a while back so
1: so maybe he had a string of fuck-ups and
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean i guess from what we're learning with a train and then um or maybe they found out he was a rat oh yeah yeah because i guess yeah they haven't told us too much about that and i think it's it's also cool to see the the dynamic between like old um i guess seven members and like the current one or you know the just the fact that there is that, because I think it reminds us that this is different than our normal, there's only like five superheroes in the whole world kind of thing. Uh-huh. And it seems like like it reminds you that it's like, oh, it's kind of not a business, but I guess, yeah, now that we know they've made superheroes and they are kind of in some ways expendable. Seeing Lamp Lighter and like past seven member and like how it went really bad. It's like, oof. and then you're seeing A-Train go through the same thing. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, your, your afterlife of after the seven is not going to be pleasant, it seems.
1: No, no, it seems like they're like, I don't know, pro wrestlers or something, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was thinking of that, like washed up, like old washed out um, celebrities or something.
1: Right. And especially with pro wrestlers, how they're like, when they're done, they are used up, you know, they are just, uh, their bodies aren't, (laughs)
0: and emotionally because you're you're so used to like the tension like the the fans and and that and then it goes to nothing
1: (laughs) right yeah
0: and most of them end up you know back in the day they were like broke and you know they They do drugs and yeah it was just horrible yeah
1: they do there's a lot on Frenchie in this but I think we've summarized Quite a bit of it. We now know where his bed buddy comes from. She's just one of his best friends from back then. Recently reconnected. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Um, no wonder there was some. There was so much bad blood there. I. Yeah. I did.
1: Yeah. Familiarity, but not not exactly lust or anything like that. Just a default option <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, it,
0: I guess it really shows how low he felt after the you know Kimiko kind of rejecting his yeah. Uh, his attempts to save her and the fact he went back to that friend, which we learned the backstory, which is kind of horrible because she bl- you know, blamed him for not wanting to stay. When, when it was like, he saved, you know, their other friend from Odin and like he has a job and, and all that. So for him to go back there and find something like, I wouldn't even say comfort. He, he must've been really low.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, it showed that once we learned more about it.
1: But all that comes full circle. With his moment with Kimiko at the end where he's where he basically apologizes for, you know, being the way he's been with her and and kind of releases her is a bad way to put it. But it's more like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bug you anymore at this point. Or it, yeah. I, I get what I I get what's going on and it's all with me. I'm sorry I put it on you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I like that it didn't work out the way cuz we've seen it so many times before where it is kind of a saving thing. Maybe um, cuz I think there's going to be a moment where she probably does talk again. Um and I thought that would be the moment, you know, where she was going to say something to him to like I think cuz he opened up to her um and said and, and admitted that he was just like forcing, you know, trying to save her to save himself. I think I like that she acknowledged, you know, like, "Okay, yeah, you were trying to do that and like I didn't want it." <laughs> yeah, um yeah. but I think also you saw that she looked at him a little differently, like in a good way, because I think he did open up to her in that way. And then I just like that she didn't have to be saved because it could have gone down that road, which we've seen so many times. And I'm glad they kind of um, forked away from that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Do you want to do the whole dynamic between Annie, Billy and Huey?
1: Yeah, I do. Because Annie's playing the part of a boy <laughs> this <Yeah>. week. <laughs> <laughs> Huey just has stuff happen to him. I don't really have, like, individual notes for Huey. I have Huey shows up in other people's notes because of the bad stuff that happens. But... Yeah, Huey
0: is, is just, um, like, a connector for Annie and um, Billy because Billy has had it out for Annie for a while. And uh, on the second watch, I was trying to figure out, like, why... What, what, is it coming from a place, again, like, um, like a soft spot for Huey? And he kind of sees Annie as maybe a person that can kind of bring him down just because of who she is and who, what she's a part of. And in his own boy's way, Billy is, doesn't want to get close to her because he, she could potentially hurt Huey. Do you think that's like also one of the things, or is it just like more superficial than that?
1: Well, I think, I think those things are built on top of a foundation of a kind of racism that we don't have here because we don't have super people. Yeah. But I think, I think he hates soups on the level that races hate other races, you know, like, I -hmm. think it's like that level, like that kind of just irrational, oh, you're that, then I hate you, that, that kind of thing.
0: And then now he gets to know her and he's like, oh, he's like fighting the feeling of like, I'm supposed to hate you, but I kind of, you know, you're good for Huey and all that kind of stuff. That's
1: the, that's what I got out of it. Like at the beginning, he makes that when you're going, when you're, when you're, swimming with sharks, you bring the chum comment. Yeah. yeah. And chum is another word for friend. (laughs) By the end of it, they seem like they could be friends if they didn't have the backstory that that let them know that they shouldn't like each other, but it kind of looked like they did like each other by the end.
0: Yeah. Or at least they came to an understanding, I think, where they both have this thing in common, which is loving Huey in their own way. Mm -hmm. They both can take care of themselves, but Huey can't obviously he's in the hospital um, because that reason (laughs) he's just human. (laughs) Um, And Billy is too, but you know, he's, he's, uh, he's more tough. (laughs) If, if anything, they did come to that conclusion. It's so funny too, though, in the old boy's way, the way she was able to kind of like get on his side or, or his good side is like the fact that he, she had to kill that dude (laughs) to to protect Huey. Yeah,
1: exactly. That is their, their bonding moment, especially the way that she, she described it is that, she's become very one-minded about the same way that he is or or at least a, a, a way close enough to the way that he is that he can respect it
0: mm-hmm. one thing i was thinking about before they went on the heist is when they took out her chip I, I was just thinking like so and we see it in the movie aspect like with ashley where she um is like where's starlight since they have the tracker are they not just tracking them all the time like i was thinking <laughs> that right because i was like if they were or if they were a little bit more on it, like, as VOT should be, as I would think they would be, like, wouldn't they know where she was going? And it would seem like a little suspicious. And like, that part seemed a little like in the TV side of like, oh, I don't know, I think they would, I think Home Under would have a tablet with that GPS. I don't know.
1: That's fair. Yeah,
0: yeah, that part felt a little like, hmm, this doesn't seem like billion dollar assets, and you're just letting them roam free, but you have a tracker and you can't, Figure out that she's working with the boys.
1: Hmm. Let, let, let me throw another one at you. Why is that the only one, the only tracker? That may be the one that she knows about, but why would that be it? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they, Why wouldn't they be putting tracker nanites or some shit in the food in the vault cof- cafeteria? Yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. And maybe it's just like a semblance of freedom, but they, from what we see, like Stan Edgar might know a lot more, and just kind of lets is like letting them play in a
1: way. The the events of this episode and the race of super beings that is being grown does make you wonder about Stan and his his involvement in everything. Let's get to that when we talk about Stormfront, though. I don't want to finish with Stormfront. I'm gonna finish with Maeve because hers her story's got the for me like the a pretty good gut punch there at, <laughs> at the end both of those both of those women actually have pretty good uh one two punches there in the, in the way that their stories end but yeah billy and annie uh i thought for a second when he was lining up on her with that sniper rifle that he might shoot again uh but then i thought you know that would make this story dumb so <laughs> i'm glad he didn't yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think just alluding to the fact that he was probably thinking about it is enough. Was like enough to hone in everything that we just said about his feelings towards her.
1: Yeah. I guess the big moment for Annie has to be killing killing that guy and and do you believe her explanation about That he shouldn't have pulled the gun. It was basically his own fault for pulling the gun. Is it a way to, like, justify the fact that she probably didn't mean to kill him. She just meant to push him out of the way, but he pulled a gun.
0: The fact that she can control that, I I think, like, she... It could have been the heightened sense of, like, trying to protect Huey and this guy is standing in the way, like she said. But also, like, she had a choice. Like, she could have just knocked him out, you know, like, like kind of, I don't know, do, like, a baby zap or something. Right. And the fact that she, like, went full on seems like she didn't really care, like subconsciously didn't, right? Because after she did it, obviously she does, she did care and she saw the baby seat in the car and was like, oh no. But even then she was like, ah, oh, whatever. I think it's just like a turning point for her of like every, after everything that's happened to her. And Huey seems to be like the one thing that maybe is like Billy, you know, is her canary as well.
1: That's an interesting direction because if Huey is say out of pocket for an episode or so... You know TV time can be you know a day for us can be like or a day for even one character can can be actually be like a week of TV time yeah. and, and um, she is getting harder and harder as as she goes in terms of being able to ignore violence or bring violence onto other people and not feel care not care about it. I wonder if there's a point where she could reach where he doesn't love that version of Annie anymore. Because she's just gone too far.
0: Yeah, I I think it would have to be something really, really far. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I think I think I mean I think the worst thing has happened to Huey already, which was Robin dying. Mm. So Annie is kind of you know the next Robin. So you know in her own way. So I think maybe it, it would have to be something that like somebody innocent but all the people around him that he cared about are already dead so i don't think he she could really do anything
1: else unless well maybe that's it maybe it's just this dude maybe maybe billy tells huey about it at some point and he and it, and it sickens him or something yeah. you know because huey's the kind of guy that wouldn't want some innocent guy to be left dead on the road just to save his life
0: yeah that's true i guess we'll see if they talk about that or if they kind of never tell him <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. It is something that Billy, depending on how he's feeling about Annie, and he is a pretty emotional guy, something he could use against her in the future if needed, if he needed Huey to be on his side of an argument or something. Yeah, that's an interesting card that he could play.
0: Yeah, I think so too. So I guess moving on to like the actual, the heist part that we were talking about, they found more than what they were actually looking for in a way when they ran into Lamplighter. But first off, like... this was like, I guess, another chip thing that I had in this episode with, um, before we get to the other part about like learning more about V, but with Frenchie, like being like the worst, like patient on that bed, and like staring <laughs> lamplighter down. I'm like, what was like, it's like he wanted to do it, you know?
1: Definitely. I mean, with that history, I guess you can't blame him too much. But I mean, where's your professionalism? Frenchie you're here for a simple job
0: yeah yeah but it was one of those things like they had to have done that because then it got lamplighter and all of them together to survive against all those uh souped up folks who were getting you know injected with v and tested on which we learned lamplighter finally he came clean and when they were all together and and um because they were asking like what are they doing here and then we do learn I guess I was sort of semi right or on the right track that v doesn't work in adults and so it, it it's very the best way to get results to like get a superhero is to inject babies. And that's why we don't have so many of the superheroes, you know, or that's why I was thinking like the, why don't the boys do it or like get V or, you know, to kind of have an upper hand and we learn in this episode, like you can't do that. It's, but in Sage Grove, that's what they're experimenting on is to kind of stabilize it in adults. So, but other than that, we don't know any more else. Like Glenn said, he doesn't know why they're trying to get it stabilized and why Stormfront would be interested in that. Is kind of tbd
1: that all ties into the to what stormfront's talking about with homelander at the end which is like the big fat question we've had about stormfront is like why now why is she brought in now who brought her in we can only assume us uh, uh, mr edgar
0: but that doesn't make sense either since we learn in this episode that you know she's a nazi
1: <laughs> yes exactly exactly
0: now it makes sense why she was so weird with a train it seems weird that she would want like she would take orders from stan so it just seems like is this like is she taking orders from someone that's even higher up than him like i would think he would know her past maybe to be working with her it seemed all of that seems very odd and there's a lot of questions there (laughs) let's
1: tease it out a little bit last week we had put together that given her her racist comments and the idea that that she might be older than just active in the 70s, that that Nazism might have been in her past. Yeah. We did put that together.
0: Yes, you're right.
1: So if all she said was true, that she was Mr. Votz, Frederick Vots' main squeeze for a while, which adds a very icky, icky layer to being romantic with Homelander since that's kind of her kid in some ways. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I wonder if she doesn't have a boss. What if she is basically a board member or, or something just because she was there when the company was founded? She is the boss, the boss, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like she could write her own orders and no one could question them.
0: Yeah, that does make sense.
1: Because I didn't even think of the racism part as applied to Mr. Edgar, but you're totally right. Why would she listen to him with like, you know, respectfulness (laughs) or or anything that employees are supposed to have?
0: Even getting this little bit of info um, about her past is still so many questions. And like, where was she though? You know, from the Liberty time to now and well, I guess we know she's a little. She's been kind of all over in like Treasure Collective and all that sort of thing. So I wonder, or I guess now we kind of know that maybe she was just hatching that plan, hatching this plan. I don't know. Maybe it's always been a part, like a thing. Maybe she barely thought of like getting back into the Seven to like hatch this plan. To you know, obviously she wants to instill some of this Nazi thing, but she wants Homelander because I guess he, you know, she knows he's powerful and basically the creation from Vought, like that's perfect, and also he's white. So yeah. um, I wonder how that's going to play out.
1: Do you know that George R.R. R. Martin has another series of books that is not Game of Thrones, that is, um, they are anthologies about superheroes?
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I would love to read those.
1: He is only a contributor and an editor, and all the other stories are written by friends of his. There are several books. They're called The Wild Cards. They center around the idea that following um, World War II, there was this release of an alien gas. Uh, When it um, settled on Earth, it reacted with people. In some cases, it turned you into a superhero. You know, you still look human, but you have powers. And in other cases, it just mutated you and made you like grotesque. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and everywhere in between. The reason I bring that up, is not to impress you with my literary knowledge.
0: <laughs> it
1: is to bring up a specific hero who's not really a hero. He's more like an anti-hero, more like a Deadpool-type character. His deal is that he needs to basically hibernate between periods of activity. His power in particular is that every time he goes to sleep, he wakes up with a new power. Oh. And if his power sucks, then he wants to go to sleep right away so that he can get new power. It may be that, you know, he can be invisible. So he'll try to use the shit out of that with bank robberies and stuff like that. But then his next power might be that he can turn into dirt or something. And that's like <laughs> not as powerful, you know. <laughs> so yeah. he's very long lived. He And he spends weeks and months asleep whenever he does go to sleep so that he can come back as the and he kind of cocoons and he comes back powerful and ready to go. Or not, if he has a lousy power. Maybe she's w- something like that. Maybe she has to charge up for a period, and and then she can come back out and and do it. Or maybe she needs to be away for a while because she, she brings down too much heat whenever she is active.
0: Yeah, and I find it even, to some degree, I find it scary the fact that like she uses feminism and and being like woke in a way, you know. Um, yet she is. <laughs> hiding that because she 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 realizes like that's the generation now, right? And yeah. that's gonna get her pop the most popular. So when she when she wants to reveal this, you know, I guess the Nazi stuff, she's gonna have a platform to do so with Homelander. Um, and it won't sound, I guess, so extreme because she's already built the following on these on this other platform. And so I found that that scary very 2020 yeah yeah U- using people in the sense of like manipulating them through like social media and all that sort of thing and then slowly just like probably throwing in those you know um nazisms is going to be like if she starts doing that with him like that's man that's that's um master plan i guess
1: <laughs> very interesting because we've already kind of uh, grouped um the homelanders behavior some with other Active politicians that we know about, but he's much less subtle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> With yeah. what, what he's doing. Yeah,
0: um, it's it's, it's going to be a very odd pairing, I think, especially when she got really not sentimental, but she was a little what's that word, Um, with him, like, basically building him up, you know, and, and like, you're the perfect person, you know, and yeah, and it was uh, uh. so extreme to what she's been on the show, and I was, like, whoa, this is, like, really, like, freaky, um, which I think was good for the show, but it was very odd, like, and, and I actually, I didn't feel bad for Homelander, but I felt like... You're just getting manipulated again in some way. <laughs> like yeah. like I, and I wonder if he's gonna be all for it because he's found this kind of like love sex partner that he loves. Given like we didn't talk about the fact that like he got her roses in the shape of flowers and when she didn't show up, he like burned the whole thing down, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. Based on that, whether um he's just gonna follow her, even though like I don't really know if out like Outlander's horrible, like an asshole, but like Homelander even yeah um but is he is he a, is he like nazi bad like i don't know
1: i mean the, the ending of this episode is ambiguous on that mark because all that stuff you said is is true we had wondered last week if opening himself up to this this superwoman would um make him more vulnerable you know and 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 make it so that he was open to being led around and so this week we see that he's all of a sudden hypersensitive to her, checking up on her and all that kind of stuff, like jealous boyfriend bullshit. And yeah. when she says, "I'm kind of your mom," and "I'm and I'm uh, definitely a Nazi," that's like uh, a cue to make out. <laughs> you know, yeah, a, uh, yeah. I, I would say that our our hopes that he would he would not fall into whatever trap she's laying. It's not looking good, guys. Um, yeah, I, I think he's caught.
0: Tony Starr is so good. He does those subtle cues in his face, you know, and so I think he did seem thrown off a bit with the whole thing. And but just I, a he, bit. He, I mean, yeah, it's Homelander. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, he's not going to be redeemed in my eyes. I'm just saying. Like, I did feel a little like, oh no, you're getting manipulated, buddy. He did seem hesitant and only when she started praising him because i think she knows like his love language is like just you know (laughs) show him all the love and then he's the greatest person ever and throw in that you're like his mom that's when he that's when he was like okay yeah like she's saying all the things i want her to hear like want to hear maybe like the other stuff he's just going to be like well whatever it outweighs the bad like (laughs) i'm homelander
1: what's going to happen to me either way yeah (laughs) interesting yeah yeah she even started having like a slight german accent when she was explaining all that stuff and i mean she's the real deal real but, deal holy but...
0: field <laughs> <laughs> side note but like what do you think of the nazi kind of storyline because um, we've seen it a lot and for me like i love world War 2 in the sense of like that whole thing is, is still is just mind-boggling to me and like i I, I can watch so many things, so many war movies on it and like stories on it. So it doesn't necessarily um, bother me to see it again in other things like as like, you know, kind of like an, a storyline. Um, but I know for some, I know they kind of get tired of the Nazi type story as like evil in, in this sense. Mm. What about, do you get tired of it as well? Or do you don't mind it if it's like in a new kind of way, I guess?
1: It is something that can get overused if there's nothing new being applied to it it because it is just sort of like a an easy way to establish evil (laughs) yeah yeah where you don't need to actually say that much more than just say well they're a nazi and all of a sudden you have you know knee boots and and goose stepping in your in your mind and concentration camps and the whole nine yards they didn't even say that in the tv show that you just watched they just said nazi so it has a lot of baggage that, that comes with it so then you start to see it applied to other stuff you know we're like well how about nazis in zombie movies and, <laughs> and that kind of thing and so now we're getting a little bit of nazis in in the super world but um in terms of uh being tiresome or possibly offensive or all that kind of stuff i at this point have faith in the boys creatives that they're not going to give us some tired old shit. Um, they're only two seasons in. They haven't jumped any sharks. They're still giving us new stuff. You know, instead of jumping the shark, they just drive the boat right into the whale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I think I have confidence as well. I was just wondering if you if you were on what camp you work.,
1: well, I know some people do about just various things. Like uh, we were doing a podcast uh, one week. With um, another podcast called, um, so I'm watching this show, and they were saying that that they are tired of hearing of the the yakuza as being like the bad guy of the week. Like everything they watch, the yakuza shows up and they're the bad guys. (laughs) Yeah. So I get the idea of being tired of just certain black hats that just are kind of cheap to throw in. So I don't, but I I I really believe that the boys aren't going to give us the same old. Uh, swastika wave in nazis that we had before i think it's going to be something different
0: i mean and the way they introduced stormfront and like the subtle things that she was saying that now we look back to and make sense um, given her history i think that was a smart way i guess to kind of i guess not in a new introduce nazi in a new way but like use that um like you said like i have got so much connotation from that knowing that she is a nazi but they haven't really like hit us over the head with it, like with all the other isms of it, because we already know that. And so they did it in a different way with her. So yeah, you're right. I think they're doing it in a way that's kind of, I guess, quote unquote, new, or at least very boys-like.
1: Like Like you could even possibly start to just look at her and look at her two different ways. When I see, this is just me, I'm a 43-year-old man who lives in the suburbs. (laughs) And and when I see a young woman who, who, who shaves the side of her head, I think, you know, punk rock, rock and roll, like probably like to listen to bands live. I'm not making further assumptions other than that. And so she has that same haircut. My middle-aged brain is thinking that same stuff about her. But then you throw in this Nazi stuff. And when I think about, you know, Nazi Germany, I think, well, just about anybody that could that was eligible to to be in the army was. Who's in the army? Guys with their head shaved, right? So perhaps that head shave isn't so much rock and roll and maybe it's more... An homage to kind of the button-down, straight-laced kind of thing that you'd have if you were in a military-type operation. You know what I mean?
0: You were mentioning heist. And she's pulling a heist. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. she's she's basically stealing the seven, right? Or at yeah. least super heroics from the yeah. world.
0: So she's pulling her own, like, ideological heist, I guess.
1: <laughs> you got it. So,
0: yeah, it came full circle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got it all figured out, people.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I guess, yeah, so I guess we've talked a lot about Nazis.
1: Yeah, we might hit a watch list if we talk anymore. I know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, this Church of the Collective, is that supposed to seem overtly like Scientology or just sort of cultinish in general?
0: Yeah, I think it could be applied to just culty like religious type thing, I guess, whatever that is to individually because <laughs> when i think about it i probably do think scientology and um i don't know what else but i know depending on what you believe i guess you would you would think differently
1: you know that the scientology church on guadalupe by the university
0: yeah at the U- university of texas yeah, uh, yeah,
1: i used to walk by it every day when <laughs> cuz i lived down 22nd which is on that corner
0: i know i never went in <laughs> i was like nope. <laughs> Because yeah. I didn't really know what it was because I was thinking like when I didn't know what it was, I was like, oh, science, that sounds so like what I was like, oh, no, right. it's not.
1: Personality test. I don't know anything about my personality. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and that's like, uh, you want a fresca? <laughs>
1: right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: exactly. I, I don't even think the deep really believes. I think he's just like looking for his redemption, which I will say on the side note, I know I had been talking and I think in the first or few episodes about how I was feeling a little icky about his possible redemption in this season mm-hmm. um and that i it wasn't feeling like at least for me that he could be redeemed in any way and then someone on twitter posted like oh there's some times where you know you don't need to see uh, i guess characters don't need to be like your moral like they don't need to follow an arc that will redeem them in your eyes you know they can just be whatever they are and by doing that they mirror the fact that like you don't want that you know what i mean like it's basically like you every character doesn't have to make a choice that mimics like what you want them to do that follows your belief system or, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's a good reminder. And it was like, I guess I had been trouble having trouble or uh, that I would feel empathetic towards the deep. And I haven't, obviously I realized like he's just there to serve that type of purpose to show you like, no, it's not right. And, but he's going through, he's going through possibly like his redemptive arc, but I don't have to follow on that train, which I think is, different
1: <laughs> or that he may never get there i mean you well yeah. the, way, the way that you explain that makes a lot of sense i mean when i when i think about fiction that i like i do need some characters to follow some of those traditional archetypal t- type roles that's just who i am i'm wired to want to see uh, a luke skywalker in a lot of stuff that i'm watching you know but the deep he's not that <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? no. he is there to to have things happen to him that's a that's an excellent point that we've been kind of kind of overlooking as far as the deep and talking about its redemptive arc because he may still he may still make that arc and he may be able to live with himself at the end of this but at the but from an outsider's perspective we still may not like him
0: yeah and i think that just mimics life we're not going to forgive everybody based on whatever but like in terms of TV, I think maybe I was going on that kind of train of like, oh, um, I, I I wanna follow you and like try to like um like you, I guess. And I was like, oh wait, I don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. That was like yeah. a good reminder. And he's like a perfect reminder because I think he's just one that he's one of the few two I guess T V characters recently where I'm just like, I don't like you at all. Like I don't you're never I'm never gonna forgive you, which is um I never feel that strongly about a character. Mm-hmm. That was um, made me feel a little bit better that I don't have to.
1: <laughs> I was I was there for Jamie Lannister and he pushed a kid out a window.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I like I have connected with like either some of those characters where I'm like, oh, am I a bad person? Um, but this one, I just I couldn't. You know, I can't. I think that's okay too. If people are having some feelings about it, like I think, remember, it's just TV also, and um, you don't have to follow whatever he's given you.
1: <laughs> uh, that's a good good perspective because I hadn't even. Looked at it that way, but that's, that's probably a healthier <laughs> outlook on this guy than, than expecting him to go as far as I would need him to, were he, say, the main character or something like that. He is not.
0: Yeah, but throwing an A-train with the deep, now that's very interesting. <laughs> I, liked, I, like, I I, I want to know where that goes.
1: Well, what their angle is, because A-train is broken down. He can't run at least you know not sustained anymore is it just a matter of like rehab and he's, and he's good to go again or is it just speedsters just wear out um i don't i don't know how it works in this this world but they seem to have an angle on how to use him they've got him hooked up with fresca so that means they've got some idea
0: yeah and it, it does seem whatever um insert culty thing that you want to call the church of collective and you know in real life it it is one of the um, the things that usually those type of cults do is they prey on people who are down in the dumps. And so like the deep check, check, check and then like a train on his way. So um, they definitely are commenting on that and what the church of the collective is picking up and trying to, I guess, use for their own benefit, seeing people who are kind of down and out and that they need them in a way, even if they're not going to subscribe to their, I guess thing, which I don't know the deep, is 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 kind of you know, he's not super smart so i think he, like, he was easy to, mani- to manipulate but i think a train like he seems very aware of everything because i think of his real life problems like in terms of like financial stuff like which was mentioned again in this episode he seems to have real life stuff he has to like really hone in and so i don't know if he's gonna i, I wonder if he's gonna subscribe like the deepest to, to whatever's going on with the church of the collective
1: he might be harder to break down but he might have he might have similarly few options also yeah, true. I love when um, TV shows take the um, psychological therapy and then and, and they start to kind of poke fun at it. I mean, I know that it's valuable for lots of people and there's and it's not exactly a funny thing, but it can be made funny when you start to call things like a truth exchange and, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Where do I know Alistair from? I seem to recognize his face, but I don't remember where he's from.
0: I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but um, the Timeless—he's from Timeless, and he's also from something else.
1: Oh, okay.
0: He seem—he seems to be also like um, like a character TV actor type thing. He, his name is Goran Bis
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's—he's—he was from ER. ER. Was, uh, Practical uh, Magic. He's um, a guest actor on everything, at least yes. once. Yes, I like him. Yeah, he's a capable act.
0: And he fits so well into, um, like, a leader of a, I guess, a church cult. Like, because he has that suave sort of, like, you have to be believable, but there is a little bit, like, he can also play the you don't know if you believe him type thing. Right, so.
1: the handsome bullshitter.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we didn't mention the the guy in the asylum with the most disturbing power of them all. <laughs>
0: He has a big dick, yeah, or long dick, actually.
1: The extendable dick guy who uses it like a tentacle.
0: I love that it, it got wrapped around Mother's Milk. because <laughs> And then, then I love the, the exchange where they get out of it. Um, and and because he, he was obviously disturbed. He was like, oh, my God, was that a when they get out of it, they're like in the ambulance and he's on the phone with Billy telling him and then a friend, she's like, hey, tell him about the big dick. And then he's like, and then Billy heard that. He was like, what? And he's like, oh no, it's just like, he's joking or whatever. He was embarrassed to like tell him that he got like wrapped around. I would have loved to hear Billy like, like dog on him for that.
1: I'm looking at the credits for that episode and there's a character named Love Sausage. Do you think it's that guy?
0: Yeah, I think that's the same (laughs) thing.
1: <laughs> love sausage. That's awesome. Oh man!
0: Some of those, um, that other girl who escaped, um, uh, Cindy. Yeah. Shit. Oh my God, Cindy was. That's
1: that's one uh, interesting uh, part of the super world that this show only has ever shown us people that that know how to use their power well, and they can do it like uh, Kimiko's brother, for instance. He could both pick up a boat. And pick up a can with his telekinesis and and wield it, you know, skillfully. He could even tear the can. He was so good at it. A lot of times you're either pretty in these kind of super things. You're either good at little things or good at big things, but maybe not both. Cindy, we get this character that only seems to have that raw, crush it so, so hard that it blows itself up kind of thing. A very tough power to exist with outside of a very controlled environment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think her her trial of, like, or them trying to get V to be, um, like, it did not work with her. <laughs>
1: like, so volatile. The fact that she escaped and they, and we saw her get in someone's car and all that or at least walking down the road or however it was she got away, it means I think she, we're going to see her again. I hope so because
0: sh- her power is freaking scary. Like, she can just, like, zap you and do, like, little, like, squirting you, like, crazy, like, oh. It, um, yeah, and yeah. all of them, it's funny because even, like, it, I like seeing that the other soups can't really do anything. Like, if you don't have, like, invincible powers, I guess Kimiko does, right? Like, the, the fact that, like, all of them, like, even Lamplighter was scared and, like, others would be too because, like, you can just kind of evaporate or whatever. I don't know what you call that power, Um, like, separate into a million little liquid stuff, but, <laughs> like, splatter you or whatever. I like that. I like that it would be... I wonder if she could do that to Homelander, though, because they still don't know like if he's like invincible or not maybe that's been said, but i i can't remember i it it seems like it's it's not very like clear cut on what everyone has unless i'm just forgetting season one
1: i think you're on to something that she when she comes back into play i think it's gonna have something to do with everyone else i don't think she's just gonna start robbing banks randomly in some side story i think it's gonna be she's gonna wind up where everyone else is gonna wind up in a couple episodes and it's going to be a big deal that she's there i don't know more than that i mean that's just a complete guess but that's that is my guess
0: like we said in, or we've said in other um like maybe snow pierce just like nothing happens in tv that is not going to come back so they wouldn't <laughs> nice have lingered right. on her shot like of her getting in and then hitch hitch uh hiking in a car if it wasn't going to come back at some point
1: right and that is a very important segue into Maeve's story crazy how that turned out right
0: Oh, um, Dave.
1: the We talked about it last week or maybe a week before that, the idea of pairing the personality trait, which I can appreciate, which is not feeling good about acting the way you, that you know that you should in a given moment, which is something that she has a problem with. Now it's caught on tape and it has to do with that plane that that went down she couldn't have stopped it she couldn't have done anything about that plane she also didn't feel like she could force homelander into saving who they could because they definitely could have saved a few people
0: yeah it's one of those things i think the boys brings it up a lot it it seems like at least with these superheroes they're not doing it because they think they need to do like they've been put there and so they have these like emotions like that we they're not like a Captain America that is just doing it for the moral because he believes everything's right especially Maeve she doesn't really want where she's been but also I think when you've had a certain lifestyle when you've I guess had the power like they do in some ways of being looked at as super in the world like to some degree I can't imagine that she didn't take those kids because she didn't want to lose that in a way And how much of that is like her wanting to keep being in the seven and how much of it is her actually being scared of Homelander. And then I think that when Elena saw that tape, I think that's what Elena probably is thinking. How could you let this happen to somebody like her who's like, you know, that's horrible. But like Maeve didn't have that reasoning. At least for me, it makes me feel like she could have saved him, like you said, but she chose not to. And why didn't she choose not to?
1: Mm hmm.
0: You want to stay in your position of power and, like, just be like, oh, I couldn't... I had no choice, but you did have a choice. So that's what, like, I think um, Maeve has to reckon with.
1: It is. I mean, she has to overcome all of that if if this plan of hers to release herself and Elena from Homelander and VOD and everything else that they think is holding them back, it's going to require her to be a very active participant (laughs) in, in the plan, and so far... We've seen her do exactly like one super heroic thing, right? That was in the pilot. I haven't, I don't recall her doing super heroics after that. Well, there, there's that one thing in the office where like Homelander shoots her with like the rifle, so that there's like scorch marks on her,
0: yeah,
1: on her, um... on her, whatever you call that thing that she wears. But really, in terms of going out there and being our our Wonder Woman analog, she's really not living up to that. None of them are, but her especially, she's she's passive
0: yeah it's almost like she is very um zombie-like in a way because we do get a little glimpse of i guess her dad right like who was like saying like i didn't give my daughter v and you could tell like he's one of those that like just took the money probably
1: yeah maybe
0: of course like if he grew up in that poor maybe kind of like maybe maybe not like abusive to some degree like maybe it was just you know exploitive exploitive yeah anything is better than that and so maybe that's why she is sort of like well i don't want to go back to that or like that's why she maybe reluctantly took on the role of like in the seven and then she just is dealing with that shit because she's dealt with it before. Like if she dealt with it with her dad, it's like Homelander's like that version, right? Of like, well, it could be worse. So maybe she, maybe she's reasoned her way into thinking that because of like, we get a semblance of like her background.
1: I think you're right. People can talk themselves into to believing almost anything given the right set of circumstances and the right kind of reinforcement. Yeah. Um, and that might be where Maeve is.
0: Because it's like A-Train told Annie in the, in the other episode, you know, she's she was coming from a very like moral high ground and she's like, oh, it's all, like only you can think. Like it, there's some people who maybe they don't think about the actual real life consequences of like a train is like well i'm gonna be broke you know like i need to do this and that's why i look to the side of certain things and i think Maeve also has that real life reality check where she's just like well i've come from worse places you know like it seems like (laughs) that kind of mentality of like not having a moral high ground because i think she's probably been through some shit is what it seems
1: like so do you predict elena stays or runs
0: I mean, Elena was already having having a hard yeah. time dealing with it. Yeah, <laughs> she's having a hard time dealing with the whole superhero thing. And then, I don't know, she didn't say anything. She was very distraught. I don't know what Maeve could tell her that would bring her back.
1: She may have to stay because she doesn't have any other choice. If what Maeve says about Homelander and his controlling nature is true, and Homelander believes that letting Maeve be gay is is like some big favor to her that he wants to give her, then if her girlfriend goes away, that may also be taken badly. You follow me?
0: I think Maeve also maybe doesn't know what's going on with Homelander um, right now with like the whole <laughs> Stormfront thing. Because I would think like if any time to escape, like this would have been it. Because I don't think he's really paying attention to Maeve. So I think she should have just gotten out.
1: He, I don't know. He seems to have a lot of energy for... Uh, <laughs> on yeah. Yeah.
0: I guess you're right but I don't know maybe now like if Elena doesn't come back like I, I think I think she is almost on the same line or same trajectory as Billy in a way that like beeline towards Homelander and in, in her way it's like not necessarily killing him but just getting away from him we see how like that didn't that hasn't really gone well for Billy so she's now on that path too <laughs> and she's well, super no. though so maybe that's gonna be like her demise too, is like having this, like, just focusing on him, I guess.
1: All roads seem to lead to Homelander this season.
0: Yeah, he's definitely, he. I mean, he's a star of the show, I think, in some ways. What they've been giving him and Anthony Starr has been doing with Homelander, like, it's been really good. <laughs> I, I don't mind that he's been getting a lot of attention in this one. Do
1: you have any uh, predictions for the coming couple episodes that we have left?
0: Well, I think now that Annie's taking out her chip... Possibly we've thrown out that maybe there's more or other ways to track her, I'm guessing. Um, I don't think they would just let her leave the seven. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of... Like if she's going to go back at all. If she doesn't go back, then there's going to be maybe like a (laughs) V-hunt possibly. Mm -hmm. And so that would put like another target on uh, the boys' backs because having her there. And then I wonder how that would kind of uh, sit with um, Billy and and, and also will, will Huey still in the hospital so like i wonder how if they have to take care of themselves because of that like how that's going to play out
1: yeah the next time she goes back to vaude or, or anything they're gonna have to notice that they that the tracking's not working and then they're going to find a scar where the tracker used to be i mean all these things are going to add up to instantaneous trouble for her and she's not the most powerful one in the gang you're right Does she ever go back to Vaught at this rate or does she have to stay away now?
0: She she knows she's not as powerful as any of them. So I think she if I were her, I wouldn't go back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean she didn't seem to have all of her ducks in a row to leave just right now, but every time she went in, it was getting it was risking getting caught by Homelander or A-Train or somebody who had it out for her. So maybe that's it. Maybe she is she can't go back now interesting so there's that they got this whole movie thing going on so there's multiple reasons people <laughs> would be looking for her yeah
0: and then Lamplighter because they kept him alive so um also how are they going to use him is a question what do you do you think how do you think they're going to use him in the next i i'm guessing in the next episode
1: good question man i don't have a read on that yet because the colonel has been involved a little bit this season, but now that Lamplighter's in there, it seems like she would have a personal interest in keeping track of him. And maybe if he's not suicidal, but is okay with dying, I bet she could come up with some some ways for him to do that. That would, <laughs> that would help her, you know?
0: I think we're going to have to see also the stormfront. Homelander, love, Nazi, takeover type thing. I, I really want to know how that plays out. Um, I just want to know how Homelander is going <laughs> to... I don't know if he's going to be able to process that, that like, yeah. Nazi stuff. Yeah. Like I wonder, like, I guess we're going to see really like, is Homelander like that evil or is he just an asshole? You know, like, right. not that he's like a moral code, but like, I just wonder like if he would, if that's ever even crossed his mind, you know, cause he's very, obviously he's American, like he's from America, but like, I don't like certain part of America. I don't know. I, I'm curious to know how that plays out.
1: Well, we'll have to see next week part seven. It'll be the next to last episode for this eight episode season of the boys. So please remember to uh, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can now find our podcast actually on Amazon. They've just started started listing podcasts. so if you search for us, you should be able to find us there. You can follow us there if you like to use Amazon. Better than those other platforms. This has been Paul with Pod Clubhouse.
0: And this is Kat with Shuffle Online.
1: See you next week for the seventh episode. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a
0: wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram,
1: and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.